This episode of Drama School Dropout is brought to you by High Productions' newest stage play, This Is Where We Get Off. This Is Where We Get Off follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? You can catch This Is Where We Get off in Glasgow at the Webster's Theatre on the 21st of April or at the East Kilbride Arts Centre on the 28th of April with more dates to be announced. Get your tickets now at www.highproductions.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 63 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by one of EastEnders' favourite villains. Please welcome to the podcast, Annette Badland. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout course, now try something new. Trying to school drop. 63 is a good number, isn't it? Yeah. Episode 63, that's very good. Genuinely. Sounds, feels lucky. I, I'm very sort of shocked at how far it's came because normally my projects die after a couple of weeks and we're now like over a year into it and I'm like, okay, we kept up with something. <laughs> this is the power you have now, you see. Yeah. Will you stop? Will you stop at 100 or? Uh, I, I think I'm, I planned to stop at 50 was my oh, right. al- always. So I planned to stop at 10 and then it kind of took off. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we'll go to 50. But then what I've sort of thought about now is I'm learning quite a lot from everyone that I have on. And I'm genuinely like, I found a passion in just talking to other people about their lives and what stories they have to offer. So at the moment, there is no end date. Right, fantastic. It's just going to go for as long as I can keep up. Yes, and as long as you can keep blethering. <laughs> yeah, as the, I'll never stop talking. So we're not worried about that aspect. It's when people want to stop talking to me that we're slightly worried about. Okay. <laughs> what, I, what I love to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And it doesn't have to be a professional. We love a good nativity story, anything like that. <laughs> it was parents' day and um, my class was chanting a poem. It's called Meg's Merrilies. And I was enacting the character at the front and I felt the audience for the first time. I could make them laugh and I could stop them laughing. And um, I'm an only child, so that was alchemy. That was just extraordinary to have that sensation. Um, So that was the kind of germ of it all. Although I do remember in class, um, when I was about seven or whatever, I used to, I was the girl that the teacher used to say, that girl at the back, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all were. <laughs> but also, I remember handing, waiting to hand a bit of work in in a, a, a line of children, and I started pretending it was a bus stop and looking for the bus and feeling if it was raining and just getting the class to laugh. So I guess the um, it, it was in me to perform, but it was really that Parents' Day where suddenly you thought, my goodness, these people respond to. Little old me. <laughs> this is um, what I'm going to so, do. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it was very special it hit me right in the solar plexus so um and then in secondary school you know the drama group and the local wi asked me to be in their plays if they needed a teenager and then i started doing lambda external exams just to see if i could actually i didn't know if people just liked me because they recognized me so i thought oh i better see if i can do this properly yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so while I was doing my research, um, forgive me if this is incorrect, because it has been before. Um, did you go to drama school at East 15? I did. Yeah. And one of my favorite things in life, actually, and I just um, devised a whole performance around them, are crazy drama school stories, like funny stuff that's happened, because the weird stuff goes down in those rooms and people never, ever believe you <laughs> when you turn around and you say, the one that I always like to um, think of was in my final year of college. Um, we were doing, oh, what's it called? Playback theatre, when the audience tells a story and the actors recreate it. And I think there was this one boy who I, I love so very dearly. And he um, decided that he was going to like take the mick of it. And he was like, right, Ingram's a very serious actor. So for my story, I want him to play one of my dogs. Like, so he's not really got much to do. And I was with this um, this girl and this other boy and we were playing three dogs. And the other boy just decided to get a little bit too much into it and started sniffing the other girl's bottom. <laughs> um, so yeah, I always like to tell that story because it's just weird. So do you have a favorite funny or crazy story from your time at drama school? Uh, no, I mean, East 15 was a bit strange anyway. It's Stanislavski <laughs> and the method and people would get locked in rooms for a weekend to, you know, three actors, young actors would get locked in a room to see if they went insane or at one another or, you know, just to feed into the play. Yeah. Um, I do remember things which isn't extraordinary, but people being animals and uh, one boy being an absolutely tremendous owl. And then, of course, you got the guy who wanted to be a sloth. So he did nothing. He just <laughs> <laughs> held on to the back of the chair <laughs> it, it's, and sat there. It's really funny that you mentioned that because that exact unit was my tipping point for dropping out of drama school the first time. <laughs> right. So I just had a rubbish time anyway. I wasn't enjoying myself. And... I remember we went back and the first day we went on a trip to Edinburgh Zoo and we had to go and observe these animals. And what was going to happen was that the university were going to put on a zoo and we were going to be the zoo. Oh, right. Okay. And I think if you asked me to do that now, I would be slightly more open to it just because that's what you have to do as an actor. But, well, sometimes you do. Um, but in like the state of mind that I was in before, I was like, I'm not doing that. I, like, this is it. Like, <laughs> this is the straw that breaks. The back. Ah, right. Well, we weren't, it wasn't so that we'd perform it, but to observe something else and recreate mm. it is quite interesting. And trying to understand why it behaves as it does, I think, is yeah. a fundamental bit of acting skill. Mm. And also, if you, I mean, it sounds naive, but if you're stuck with things, try and think what animal your character mm. might be. And it might give you a walk, it might give you a way of thinking or a way of looking or. So those memories of those guys are quite strong for me. And the sloth is funny and he was just being lazy and <laughs> yeah. hadn't done any prep. I think that would be me. <laughs> that would be me. Um, but I'm glad you're no longer a dropout, you see. And you're no, going back and you're going, we've got it You're back. going to be a, a fantastic giraffe or yeah. 
as soon as we get I, <laughs> a lion or I think yeah. what I realized this year was when I first applied for my first university that I went to I didn't do any research I just very much went that's a really good university I'm going to apply there and luckily I got in but it wasn't the right place for me to be and right. my second time around so my first time around I used all five UCAS options I applied for couple like maybe five different drama schools I really was just sort of going I want to see if I can get in everywhere and then this year I sort of actually took my time and I only applied for two places and I was like these sound like really good fits for me I read about what was on their curriculum what we would do and I was like you know what these are if it's supposed to happen and I'm supposed to do this in life I'll get into one of these because these really sound like where I'm supposed to be and one of them was the Royal Conservatoire in Glasgow, and I got to the third round, which I was very impressed with. Um, <laughs> and the second well one done. was a college that offered a degree. And um, I remember sort of telling some of my friends, like, oh, I'm going to do a degree at a college. And they were like, oh, I couldn't get into a real university, could you? And I was like, no, I picked the places that would be best for me. And genuinely, they have been so great. I'm on spotlight now. My other uni couldn't get me on spotlight. We've already done like loads of different stuff. And it's genuinely one of the best places. It's New College Lanarkshire for anyone that's listening in the Glasgow area. I would highly recommend it. It's such a great, the lecturers are great. It's all All right. But yeah, my biggest piece of advice for anyone applying to drama schools is really do your research and check that the place feels right for you. And that you're going to enjoy what you're doing there. Yeah, well, that's what happened to me with East 15. Um, the Lambda external exams I was taking, it was my uh, school drama teacher that taught, you know, took me on a, took my pocket money on a Saturday morning and, <laughs> and helped me with it. And then she moved and I went to someone privately. And because I was fat and I was a brummy, and though I had been a bit elocuted by the lessons, um, she felt I shouldn't apply to RADA, that they would never consider me. Oh. Um, so I didn't. And I applied to Central and I and she said, and there's this strange school called East 15 that, you know, might be suitable. They're a bit strange and, you know, not the norm, but maybe. And I applied there and I went. That was my first interview and they took you for the whole day and I fell in love. Mm. I just knew it was the right place for me and it was brilliant and we explored all sorts of things and we performed in front of one another in the theatre there. So I came away and I didn't go for my interview at Central. I just, and I got into East 15 and that's, I knew that's where I wanted to be. So yeah. same story, really different, coming from a different angle, but just, yeah, yeah you can't, um, it's not about, you know, our work isn't about the gongs. You know, uh, I remember Peter Hall saying, to me, you know, acting isn't about reputation. It's about finding the truth in the moment. And it's a bit the same. It's not about the label you went to. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's not that at all. You've got to feel comfortable. You've got to find your way of doing it. Yeah, it's so weird that you've just got that would be the only piece of advice that I give now. When anybody has ever asked me, oh, I'm applying to drama school. Have you got any advice? Like, because people have asked me because they're like, if we ask him, we'll know what not to do. <laughs> and I always just say, just make sure you're applying for the right reasons and the right places and 
you're not just applying for the sake of being able to go and do an audition. You just have to make sure that obviously without, especially in these times, everything was virtual for me this year. Um, so it's slightly more difficult. So you just got to do the best job that you can in sort of thinking, yes, this place seems like the best place for me. Yeah, um, yeah, and you'll be brilliant at the tech, you see, which we all have to be so much oh. on top of now for self-taping, for audio, you know, and that's kind of you talking about lockdown. That was I was very lucky uh, during the first lockdown. I did audio and I did a web series and but nobody, no two people use the same system. So I'd be kind of going, ah, you know, one yeah. lot would use audacity and, and however that worked. And then, and the next lot would go, oh, no, we don't use Audacity. We use River Song yeah. or Side or whatever it was. And then someone else would go, oh, no, we do this. And you go, oh, for goodness sake, I can't keep up with this. I'm not, I, this is why I joined. Yeah. You know, and you're hanging duvets off the bookcase <laughs> and <laughs> praying your neighbours don't. We're having a tough time at the moment because we had to do a self-tape this week and we've got, our neighbours are building um, a big loft extension. And last week I asked and said, could I just have till 10 o'clock on Tuesday? And they said, yes. And then on Monday they came and said, oh, sorry, the roof is coming. We can't, no, you just got to, can't have any time. No, sorry. And then they arrived and they, it was like they were in a, they thought they were in a disco in Ibiza. They were, you know, the, the radio was unbelievable. Oh, so we actually got up and it's time constrained. As you know, these things have to be done relatively quickly. Mm. so we got up but you know really early on Wednesday morning and because it had to be in on Wednesday and did it you know when it was really rather dark to be doing it but yeah got it in that way so so the tech stuff it, every actor now needs a very plain room because we don't have a bare wall in the house it's got something stuck on it so I've had to buy a backdrop and you know then you've got to get up and the hooks in the door frame to hang it and all the rest of it remember to take the clock out of the room um i i was in um i've got a bit in inside number nine and they asked me to do it but then they said i better not say what it is could i do a particular accent and i said oh i know i've done it and i could not remember and it ended up i'd done it in a film but anyway by then they were saying oh could you just send us a tape of it in so we can hear and i thought oh i might as well do the scene um am I allowed to swear on here yes of course <laughs> swear as much as you like right <laughs> um so we put a notice on the front door saying recording please do not knock or ring um we got into it and the postman came to the window and knocked the window and pointed and like that he'd heard he'd seen the notice so he thought he'd just come to the door <laughs> he comes to the window so that we'd been through that then I was I'd done a what was going really well and got to just before the end of it and I'd forgotten to unplug the, the landline oh, of course so the phone rang so you've got me going <laughs> through most of the scene the phone ringing me going shit and turning again fucking <laughs> and leaving frame and I sent it to them because it has to be how they would understand it's how every actor yeah. feels if it had if it if I'd actually been auditioning and had to do the scene I couldn't have sent it but because it was just a sort of accent check I just thought <laughs> oh this will make them laugh you know yeah so. <laughs> I'm exactly the same I have very noisy neighbors and you might have heard it because I'm quite but I'm quite good at muting the mic when it happens I live literally 10 feet that way is a train line 
Oh, right. So I like if I ever have to do a self tape or an audition video, I'm like, right, the last train is 20 past midnight. <laughs> the last train goes by my window at 20 past midnight and my neighbors are asleep. There's the train. There's the train just gone by there. Um, so yeah, I'm like, as soon as 20 past midnight hits, that backdrop goes up because I'm the same. <laughs> don't have a wall with that doesn't have yeah. a picture of myself on. Um, but yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. And then like I've got another sign as well that um my friend Gabby bought me for my birthday that says on air and recording. So I put that oh. by the window for when I'm doing a podcast. She got it for me for my birthday. Oh. And the amount of people that still knock on the door, mental. <laughs> um, like the amount but it of time. was him coming to the window and, and miming, you know, mouthing. I thought the sign. The post's <laughs> there. <laughs> um, but to cycle back around to East 15 for a second, what was the biggest lesson you learned at drama school? Well, we had a wonderful tutor that right at the end said there are many ways. And I think, you know, we had been schooled in a particular way, but I think it's about staying open as well about, mm -hmm. you know, it's very much about interacting with other people, but staying open to ideas and ways of working, and the material you might do, which isn't I suppose specific to my my classes there, but this one, as I say, very good tutor right at the end, who had utterly supported the method and Stanislavski and every exercise we did, and then just said, "But there are many ways." Yeah. So don't shut down. Don't you know? Sounds just like keep the end learning. of a film. Yes. <laughs> you follow them all the way through drama school, and then somebody just at the end just turns and goes, "But there are many ways." blank screen yes you spend three years here in agony <laughs> um, and there's so yeah. much more to learn so off you go and learn Ooh, it yeah so i i want to talk um quickly about um a play that you were in in 1992 called the rise and fall of little voice by jim cartwright uh... and one of my the sort of way that i live my life is i like to remember moments in time so I, I like, I can sort of answer when people say, well, I'm not old enough to, but I'm going to use it as an example. Um, I don't think I was alive, actually. Where were you when Princess Diana died? Like, I like that yeah. sort of thing where people can turn around and say to you, where were you when this happened? And you can answer. Do you remember where you were when you found out you'd been nominated for an Olivier for Best Supporting Actress? <laughs> um, I was at home. I was at home. And I joked about it a lot because I said, oh, it's I'm up for best supporting because I carry Jane. I lift her off a sofa and carry her up <laughs> a staircase. So that's, I am literally best supporting. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, they, I've won it. regardless because um, I already do it. <laughs> um, but... Uh, what was it like? Yeah, extraordinary and utterly, no, just utterly unexpected, really. Um, because... The play was beautiful. Jim's writing, it's seeming reality, it's poetry, but it um, seems like very gritty reality. And Sadie May just said, OK, for the most part, in a couple of sentences. But what he wove through, you know, and it, uh, he joked when uh, I was up for it, you know, and said the only person to be nominated um, for um, an Olivier for saying one word. <laughs> <laughs> I said it a few times. But, yeah, but you said it marvelously. That... You were the best at saying it. <laughs> yeah, 
got the star for that. And I suppose this is a good segue then into talking about EastEnders. It, it was a world I didn't know anything about as an actor, really, and didn't find particularly easy because it was the first and only job I've had where people came up to me and they didn't say, oh, I can't remember your name, but I like that thing you were in the other night. Or it's Sanette, isn't it? Why were you in that? Yeah. <laughs> um, they went, babe, it's better. Are you all right, babe? How are you doing, babe? Are you okay? You know, yeah. And so you are the character for them. You're not an actress, which mm. is extraordinary. Mm. And also when you get a script and you think, well, I, I don't think my character would do that. And I ha used to have to think, well, so uh, Tim West was in it when I we, we were in it together. And he and I talked because with a play or a television series, you're used to a beginning, a middle and an end. It's finite. Mm. And you know, you're, so you work out your graph and, you know, your journey through the play and how yeah. you want to develop the character. But in a soap, you can't. Um, it's like I had to tell myself it was like real life. And I might do something today that I regret or is the best thing I've ever done um, and view it in that way. And not you can't predict what they're going to do with your character, really. Mm -hmm. When I first met... Uh, Dominic Treadwell Collins, who was the exec who asked me to go on to it, I'd done um, a short film with him for yeah. Sky. They were doing um, a thing called Christmas Crackers that they were asking comedians, and I'd done one with Stephen Fry, and Sheridan Smith was asked to do one, so I was in hers as well. And he said, oh, I'll always look for an Annette Badling shaped part, and then he got EastEnders and asked me if I would join and I had I don't know if I've still got it a notebook where in capital letters I've written good a good character um we talked about her maybe being a pearly queen and she ended up being so evil yeah <laughs> I think she was unloved and jealous and you know she'd never been loved in her life because I you have to find the Achilles heels mm. of people in order to find all the horror or you know grow that side of the personality or any side of the 